sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Ask any newly postpartum mother what her libido looks like in those first few months after birthing a baby, and she will most likely give you a confused look and just maybe laugh a little bit. Libido? What libido? Unfortunately, most mother's partners are wondering when this sex drive will return, which can cause a bit of a frustration for both involved. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show Emma Pickett, a private practice international board certified lactation consultant from London, England, and today we're discussing breastfeeding, sex, and libido. This is The Boob Group, episode 77. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva. Don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the Boob Group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Did you know now that all of our episodes are free? Yes, we opened up our archives so that our listeners have access to all of our episodes anytime, anywhere. Just download them from our website, theboobgroup.com, or through our apps available on iTunes and Amazon Marketplace, or subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and have our episodes automatically added to your account each week. We are joined today by three lovely panelists in the studio. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? My name is Christina. Um, I'm 28 years old. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I have one son, uh, Gregory. And how old's Gregory? He's nine months. He's nine months. All right. My name is Tiffany. I am also a stay-at-home mom. I'm 36. And I have one baby boy, Jackson, who's 10 months old. And he's in the studio today, yes, just giving us sweet little eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last panelist, please. Hi, I'm Kalina. I'm 25 years old. I actually work in a call center for Time Warner Cable. I have one son. He is just turned five months. And yeah, and he's also in the studio. Yes, today he's too. also. So with we have us. two adorable little babies in the studio today. We also, I'd like to introduce our producer of our show, MJ. So, MJ, you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about our virtual panelist stuff? Yeah. Well, I'm MJ, uh, stay-at-home mom to Jason, who's 27 months old. And thanks to Robin, I have this amazing opportunity to help and support other mamas through their breastfeeding journey. I'm super passionate about breastfeeding and helping others, so I'm really thankful to be here with 
with you all. Um, one of my duties as the producer is bringing you mamas into the studio as well as over the internet. Um, our virtual panelist program is a way for anyone to give their opinions and share experiences even if they can't be in the studio. Make, so make sure you like our Facebook page and or follow us on Twitter using the hashtag boob group VP because on recording day we post questions so you can join the conversation uh, we may even read your comment in the episode and you may win a one month subscription to the boob group club so join us and share your story why while you're helping other mamas in the process awesome thanks MJ hmm. <coughs> sounds familiar <coughs> if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Before we get started with today's show, here's a breastfeeding oops from one of our listeners. Hi, my name is Erin, and I have a nine-month-old little boy, and this is my boob oops. <laughs> um, we recently went to the San Diego Zoo for my company picnic, and I had only once before breastfed in public, and that in itself was an adventure. So um, today, that day, I didn't anticipate breastfeeding at the zoo. However, my son became very fidgety and desperately wanted the comfort. So we found what at the time was a very secluded part of the zoo. And we sat down in a couple of the benches. And of course, I never use a cover at home because I'm just breastfeeding at home. So my son does not like a cover. And at the age of nine months, he's well strong enough to get rid of that cover. So I'm breastfeeding, I've got the cover, I'm fighting with him in the cover, and all of a sudden, I realize that three tour buses have pulled up not 20 feet away from me, and everybody is exiting and coming to look at the exhibit that I'm sitting in front of. <laughs> so, of course, I'm trying to look very calm and not part of the exhibit, <laughs> um, but my son, he's pulling and pulling, and I realize that this just isn't going to work. And then to my horror, <laughs> I turn to my left, and two of my male colleagues have seated themselves <laughs> at the picnic table next to us and are trying to nonchalantly look away. But it's very obvious that they've seen me and I was just mortified and my husband came over and he tried to cover me up. And yeah, that's I just turned around and said, oh, hi, guys, as if nothing had happened. But that was my boob oops at the San Diego Zoo. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, today's topic on the boob group is breastfeeding, sex, and libido. I'm very excited to have Emma back on our show today, as she is one of the only LCs I know who loves to chat about this topic. <laughs> um, Emma... Pickett is a private practice, international board certified lactation consultant in London, England, and she gave a presentation at the Association of Breastfeeding Mothers Conference about about last year um, about sex and the breastfeeding woman. Her talk focused on how breastfeeding can have an impact on a woman's sexuality and relationships, but also crucially how the sexualization of Western society affects the initiation and continuation of breastfeeding. So hello, Emma, and welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So Emma, is it true that a mother's libido is often lower after having a baby? And is this something that affects only breastfeeding mothers? I, th- I think we can safely say from research and probably just from talking to our friends and looking at ourselves that, yes, most new parents do experience a dip in their sex drive. And that's all new parents, however you're feeding your baby. It's, it's no easier for the people washing and sterilizing bottles and warming milk at 2 a.m. than it is for the people breastfeeding. You know, 24-hour care a day for a newborn is exhausting and it's tough. You know, however you choose to feed them, we're recovering from birth, we're not sleeping, we're becoming new people, we're becoming parents and getting to know a new role, and and life's been turned upside down for everyone. So although we might imagine that breastfeeding has more of an impact, um, in fact, we can't say for sure that that's the case. Plenty of people are mixed feeding for a start, so it's hard to identify what the impact of breastfeeding is. And, And libido is such a complex thing affected by so many factors. Sex is a really complicated subject, so we can't say for sure. that that breastfeeding is making a difference for a lot of people. I think this is about all new parents. And what you had mentioned a few reasons why parents would have a reduction in their sex drive after having a baby. Um, is, Is it hormonal that also affects this as well? Well, I think it's important to stress, first of all, although I think... Uh, the conversation today is, is probably going to make the assumption that everyone does have a lower sex drive. In fact, for some couples, only some, we actually see an improvement in their sex lives during breastfeeding. And many women really feel in touch with a certain side of themselves that perhaps they've never been in touch with before. They feel sexy. They feel powerful. They feel special. I'm not saying this is everybody, but I just want, <laughs> if anyone is listening who feels this way and thinks, oh, my God, I, I, I don't feel like I have a reduced libido. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm not normal. I want them to know that they're normal too because there's a big range of normal when it comes to to sex drive and libido after we've um, had a baby. Um, You know, when I was doing my survey, which we'll go on to talk about later, about two-thirds of breastfeeding women did feel that they had a reduction in libido, but we really can't say for sure that this is about hormones. All the researchers who look at libido and sex drive are really happy to say that we cannot make a definitive link between hormones and sexual desire. Although breastfeeding does suppress our estrogen production, our ovarian estrogen production, we can't say for sure that estrogen is the thing that is making a difference here. Um, you know, for example, when, when we're pregnant, we've got lots of estrogen in our bodies. The estrogen levels continue to rise right up until birth. And we all know that not all pregnant women have the same libido. Some women feel very, very sexy during late pregnancy and other women not at all. Um, so if, if hormones are the thing making the difference, you know, there would be more 
unity in what we're all feeling, and that isn't the case. Equally, in our menstrual cycle, when our hormones are varying, some women do feel sexy during ovulation, and some women actually feel sexier during um, you know, their actual menstrual period. So we can't say for sure that, that hormones are what make a difference. And breastfeeding mothers are also flooded with oxytocin and prolactin, and these are hormones that have a really calming effect. Oxytocin is known as the love hormone. So you'd think in a way that we might benefit from some of those hormones. Maybe that would make us more sexual. So, no, we can't say for sure that hormones are what are making the difference. Okay. Um, I'd love to open this up to our panelists in the studio. So, ladies, how would you rate your libido right now? Has it increased post-baby or has it decreased or is it about the same? Christina, do you mind starting? I'm not sure right now. Right now, it's kind of back to normal uh, pre-pregnancy. There was what they say, don't have sex for six weeks. We made it to four. Because after about three, I was rearing to go. Nice. And then it seems like it was kind of, it kind of, it went up and then now it's kind of plateaued and it's, it's somewhat back to normal. Okay. Okay, okay cool. Um, how about you? Um, it's pretty much the same as what it was prior to. My husband and I had a pretty active sex life prior to getting pregnant, during pregnancy and after. Um, we probably would have gone, had sex prior to the six weeks, except for we were separated because my husband's in the military. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but, uh, you know, so we didn't get to see each other until about two and a half months after the birth. So, but I mean, really we're about the same. Okay, cool. How about you, Kalina? I'm one of those two thirds. Um, definitely I've experienced a tremendous drop in libido since I've had my son. We, we did pretty good. We were good through the pregnancy at the very end my fiance was terrified to have sex because he thought I would go into immediate labor so he put me on like a a three four week quarantine there (laughs) so and I I told him you know this is we don't know what's gonna happen after this so you better you better get some while you can (laughs) and he didn't and he's regretting it now because I'm just not in the mood I I'm there I'm there with you too that I definitely fell into those two-thirds I just felt touched out yeah I just didn't want any other and unfortunately, my husband, I, I felt like it was a responsibility um, to kind of play into that because I just was so tired. So I, I definitely fell into those two thirds. Um, MJ, what are our virtual panelists saying? Well, mostly everybody is um, hasn't um, their libido is not increased after having the baby. Um, Kim. Uh, is saying definitely decreased right after baby and took about six months to return. I reached a point at about four months where I was really worried something had changed forever, but I read a lot about the hormone hormonal reasons why libido can be affected and that made me feel better. I also took some advice and just relaxed and tried some new things and things got better. So Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, Emma, so tell us a little bit about your informal study you did last year through social media. What were some of the main findings about uh, sex postpartum? Yeah, sure. So I got 595 responses altogether, um, and that's a pretty good selection, although it was a self-selecting sample, and that's really important to remember because the kind of people who are happy to talk about sex and want to spend 10 minutes filling out a survey, they may not represent everybody out there or people who are having a tougher time. Um, and also my, my respondents were also extended breastfeeders quite often. Most of them are breastfed for longer than 12 months. Nine of them had breastfed for less than a month, so I thought that was pretty good effort. They were filling out a survey when they only gave birth about a month ago. So so a third of mothers said that their libido was the same as before they were breastfeeding. 5% said it was greater. So they're breastfeeding, they're new mums, and they were feeling like they had an increased libido. But about two-thirds, as I said before, did feel like they had a lower libido, but they couldn't tell whether that was about new parenthood or breastfeeding particularly. 
Um, some sort of other highlights, well over half had had sex for the first time by three months. So most people were having sex between six weeks and three months. Um, interesting, one of your panelists was saying about, you know, we're told not to have sex before six weeks. We don't get that message so strongly in the UK. So, so people do have sex before six weeks, and that was reflected in the survey as well. Um, how often are people having sex when they're breastfeeding mums? 1% every day. Bless those people. That's five people. <laughs> I don't know how they're managing it. Maybe it's not great sex. Let's comfort ourselves by thinking it's not great. Um, 38% were having sex once a week or more. Are breastfeeding mothers initiating sex? 54% were occasionally initiating it. 20% were regularly initiating it. 26% never initiated sex. Um, I asked them how they felt about their breasts being touched because I think that's important. That's been a big part of our sex lives up until now. 22% said, great, I don't mind breasts being touched whenever. It's always popular. Um, that was actually the phrase I had on my survey. It was popular. <laughs> pick. 27% um, didn't want their breasts touched at all during sex. And then I asked mothers, are you happy with your sex life? 34% said, pretty much. 14% they were, said they were very happy. 41% of breastfeeding mothers said they wanted sex more often. And 2% said they wanted sex less often. And I thought that was interesting because I think we might have an assumption that some breastfeeding mothers are, are pushing themselves to have sex when they don't really want to and they're feeling under pressure and maybe doing it to please their partner reluctantly. But that's not what's being reflected in that information. Women are wanting to have more sex and they're a bit across too that they're not getting the chance. Um, it's not just women feeling under pressure without a libido, feeling disappointed and unhappy. Um, you know, lots of the women I've been speaking to, they're missing sex too. They wish they had their libido back and they can't, you know, if they don't have it, they want it. Okay. Um, is there a consensus about uh, being a breast, how a breastfeeding mom, how that affects her self-image and feelings about her body? And can this affect her libido as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the consensus is not what you might expect. I mean, there isn't actually one you know, one group of people all feeling the same way. As I mentioned earlier, some women really feel switched on by being a breastfeeding mother. For the first time in their lives, their breasts are making sense, their, their body's making sense. People used words like sensual and enlivened and connected, and quite a few people actually describe themselves as a goddess, using the phrase mother goddess. <sighs> but having said that, a lot of other people felt fat, they felt the wrong shape, they felt leaky, they didn't feel themselves, they hadn't felt that they were really connecting with who they were before. And I think one thing that's really changed for our generation is that emphasis on flat tummies, flat stomachs. We see that as sexy. That's a really big message we get from the media that you know, wasn't the case for our mother's generation. And that's tough for all new mothers, whether you're breastfeeding or not, because if sexy is a flat tummy and it's not the maternal body, that's, that's really hard for us to then make the connection that we see ourselves as sexy. And that's a message that, that men are receiving too, that the, the sexy body is a tight, muscular, um, you know, flat tummy. And I think we'd have to be really naive not to think that doesn't have an impact on our sexuality and, and w whether we feel in the mood. Um, but having said that, looking at the research, a lot of women were making assumptions that their husbands weren't seeing them as sexy or their partners weren't seeing them as sexy. And in fact, the partners were, and they were see also sometimes seeing them in a new light and seeing them as this kind of goddess figure. So it's really complicated. There's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of miscommunication going on. People assuming they weren't sexy when really they were. And, and you know, people weren't really talking, I think. And I think that's one thing I'd like to emphasize today, that we're going to need to start doing a bit more talking. That's such a good point because I remember feeling uh, my, I would have said leaky if I would have been <laughs> answering that. I was like, don't touch the breast. I'm afraid I'm going to leak all over the place. 
And I remember feeling really insecure about my body and everything. And I remember my husband saying multiple times, God bless him, you know, like, no, you just had a baby. Like you were, I mean, he had put me up on a little bit of a pedestal saying like, I just saw you birth our son. Like that is, you are a warrior. Like, I can't believe you did that. And so I think a lot of it was, was my insecurities because it definitely wasn't coming from him. Um, but so I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, ladies, so how has being a breastfeeding mother affected your self-image and your, um, and your feelings about your body? Do you think that this has had an impact um, maybe on your earlier sex drive if you feel like it's gotten back? Um, or Kalina, you had mentioned, you know, maybe feeling in those two thirds as, as well. So um, do you mind as Kalina, do you mind starting that? How, how is your body image do you think it plays into it at all? Um, yeah, I think so a little bit. I mean, not just the breastfeeding part, but postpartum, I think, has a lot to do with it more so. And then breastfeeding-wise, it's it's kind of a weird for me to go from one moment, okay, my breasts are for feeding my son, and these are his, and this is his nurturing nourishment, and, and it's such a close, beautiful thing between us, to turning around and, okay, now they're the sexual object between me and my partner, and it's trying to to flip that switch was is has been a little bit harder for me to be able to do. I felt I felt the exact same way. Um, Tiffany, how about you? Um, I think I'm one of the people that kind of falls into that feeling like a goddess, awesome. and I started feeling that way. I mean, really throughout my pregnancy. Um, and then after having gone through natural childbirth, I was like, dude, I'm freaking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) My body just created life, birthed life, and now I'm breastfeeding, you know, and sustaining life. I freaking rock. How amazing am I? And I think that, you know, I've been very fortunate that my husband has pretty much been along that same journey with me. And so I have felt very confident in my body and, and being able to be both. I don't, I don't feel like I have to turn off one switch and turn on another. I somehow in my mind have been able to be both. I can be maternal and nurture my son and still be a sexual being and, and still have that intimacy with my husband at the same time. And so I think that that has helped quite a bit. And the fact that my husband feels the same way, obviously, is helpful. So Absolutely. How about you, Christina? Um, like, like your husband, my husband has been amazing. And after, you know, having our son, he was like, you're beautiful. I know that you're a little insecure about your, you know, especially the stomach area, you know, but you're beautiful and you're amazing and don't let that, you know, don't try not to think about it pretty much. Um, I don't, it's, it's different now that leaky is definitely a great word. (laughs) (laughs) I generally, generally try to keep him away from that area just because I'm worried about, you know, the milk going everywhere and... He's, he hasn't really said whether, how he feels about it. I mean, he doesn't seem like he minds too much when I'm just kind of like, ah, stay off there, you know, leave it alone. But he says he does, he will, or he will be glad when we're done breastfeeding, or I'm done breastfeeding, because he, he wants his boobs back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Emma, before we go to a break, um, how much do you think a mother's role and responsibilities as a parent affects her libido? Well, except for the goddesses in the room, let's assume we're talking to the to the two thirds who are struggling a little bit. I think one of the key things is tiredness. We know, and one of the things our society has got a bit wrong is we've got this assumption that bedtime is sex time. And if you're a new mother hoping to rebuild a sex life, you've got to break that link for a start because bed is where we want to sleep, and bedtime is when we want to sleep. So we'll talk about that a bit more in a moment. But I think also one of the things your panelists touched on is society is not great at integrating sexy womanhood and motherhood. You know, we've got to sort that out. So 
lots of us feel that we've got to switch off that mother part if we're going to engage the sexy partner bit. And that's not something that comes naturally. And some people don't want to switch off the mother part. And it's hard to kind of pretend the baby's not in the next room or, or you know, down the street. So I think we do have to find ways of integrating being a sexual partner into our normal life rather than feeling that we've got to break, break ourselves into pieces. At the moment, a lot of mothers can't work out how to flip those switches and, and are struggling to, to switch back on the sexy bit, basically. Absolutely. All right. Well, when we come back, we will discuss with Emma tips for getting back into the mood after baby. We will be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back to the show. We are on the phone with Emma Pickett, an international board certified lactation consultant from London, England, and we are talking about breastfeeding, sex, and libido. So, Emma, um, we had a couple moms post on our Facebook page. Um, Jessica and Molly both wrote very similar questions. What tips do you have for getting in the mood post baby? Okay, well, first of all, I must say that international board certified lactation consultants don't normally have this in our kind of area of remit, but I personally, <laughs> this is an area I've read a lot about and I've talked to lots of moms and I'm happy to go down this road. So basically, first of all, getting in the mood, that doesn't mean it's time for penetrative sex, folks. We don't have, we've got to kind of switch off that that's always at the end of the path. Getting in the mood is just about switching on a side of your brain that maybe you haven't been connecting with. It's about intimate behavior in general. And we do know that the more intimate behavior going on, the more intimate behavior you're going to have. It breeds like, you know, when you're having lots of sex, you want to have more sex. It's a similar sort of thing. We've got to make a conscious effort because it's probably not going to hit you when you're washing the cloth diapers that now's the time to have sex. So when you're a new breastfeeding mum, you know, take time. Take time to say, right, you know, I'm going to read some sexy stuff now. And breastfeeding mothers often do have time to read. Get the Kindle out. Get some stuff, you know, off your website and, and read some sexy things. Get back in touch with that side of yourself. And another thing that might sound a bit, bit difficult to talk about touch yourself because things are different down there you know whether you had a natural birth or not sensations are going to be different your anatomy may not quite be what it was so it's it's important that you touch yourself and you learn what turns you on because if you don't know what turns you on how is your partner going to know and when you're having those relationships and you're back into having sex again he's not going to be psychic he or she let's not assume everyone's heterosexual is going to be psychic so you've got to know yourself what, how things feel and, and what feels good and that maybe didn't before or maybe does for the first time. Um, and also have time to, together as a couple, but that doesn't have to exclude baby. I think one of the things new moms really struggle with is, you know, who decided that to be a good couple, you've got to have evenings and nights away from the baby. That, you know, if you don't have a weekend away, you're failing your husband. Or, or if, you know, who decided that couple time means sitting in public in a restaurant with a table between you, surrounded by strangers, and you're worrying about the babysitter and you're worrying that your baby needs a feed and you're not going to get back in time. So have some intimate time without you having to switch off the mother switch. So have a bath with candles and music and the baby can be in the, in the, the Moses basket. You guys call it something else, don't you? Not a Moses basket. In, in the corridor just outside the bathroom. That does, you know, he doesn't have to be in someone else's house or, or down the street. 
um, you know, when you do finally get some couple time together and baby's asleep, switch off the TV. Don't have couple time sitting on the sofa, both looking at a television. You know, that's, that's not going to help. And be creative about babysitting. Babysitting doesn't have to mean the evening, starting at 8 p.m. where, golly, you'd really rather be sleeping anyway. Get a daytime babysitter. Get someone who, who arrives at 10 a.m. and is there from 10 a.m. to 12 when baby often has a good nap anyway. Get the babysitter to take the baby out for a walk and you guys stay at home and the you know, babysitter won't come back before three and you mm -hmm. guys have got your house to yourself. You can have a meal, you can lie in bed, you can have a lion, you can have a bath. You've got to be a little bit creative and break some of these assumptions about what romantic couples should be doing because actually a meal at 9 p.m. at night for a breastfeeding mom, that's not fun. That's actually not a great time to connect with your partner. So be creative. Those are good tips for those of us who have seven and eight-year-olds as well. <laughs> oh, my husband's going to be so happy that we had this conversation today. Um, <laughs> but getting back to uh, the breastfeeding mamas, um, I remember this in particular, vaginal dryness while breastfeeding. That was just, so sex wasn't super comfortable. Um, how, does this get better once a mother weans? What tips do you have for dealing with this um, while it's going on? Yeah, so you probably know that, that, that lower estrogen for some women will cause a thinning of the vaginal wall and it will, call vagina, will cause vaginal dryness for some women. Not everybody, actually, but, you know, proportion of breastfeeding women will find this as a problem. Um, so, you know, water-based lubricants. We live in a world where there's some good products out there. Make use of them. You know, in really severe cases, you know, your doctor can pres prescribe creams. There are estrogen-based creams that you can get prescribed that can really change the situation dramatically. It does get better as the months go by, and it's really important to emphasize you don't necessarily have to wean before you see an improvement. Lots of women who are breastfeeding for several months, their estrogen levels will return to normal. Their cycles can return after only a few months, and, you know, this isn't a long-term issue for a lot of breastfeeding women. Um, for some women, they never experience it, and... For some women, they're going to get creative with lubricants. And for some women, it's, it's really is a case of just a couple of months and, and then things feel a lot more comfortable. Okay, thank you. You know, we were talking about some big obstacles or challenges for new moms when it comes to yeah. sex drive. I think especially having a date at nine at, at night is, is a definitely a, an obstacle to making it happen. What, what other obstacles do you see or challenges for new moms? Yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest things is you can, get in, you can get into this downward spiral trap where you start to get scared you get scared of the idea of sex. You get scared of being asked when you're exhausted. You get scared of having to reject and then having the emotional reaction of someone being annoyed that you've rejected them. So let's not forget that some women are actually scared of physical pain. You know, it's, for some women, it takes several months before, before they're comfortable after a natural birth. Some people are, are scared of leaking breasts. So what we've really got to do is, is take control, you know, People get scared when they don't feel they're in, con in control and they feel passive and they're waiting for someone else to take the initiative. So we've got to take a deep breath and we've got to try one new thing. So maybe we're going to turn the TV off tonight and we're going to share one sexual fantasy and we're just going to talk. Because maybe your partner's got to the point where they're tired of, of trying as well. Maybe they're scared too. So it's about breaking that cycle, breaking that downward spiral, breaking that trap of fear and miscommunication, just being really brave and saying, right, we're going to do one new thing. Let's try Okay. Um, ladies, what, what were your biggest obstacles maybe in the beginning or, Kalina, some big obstacles maybe that you're dealing with now? And, um, and then I'd love to hear from our mamas who, who are really feeling back in the groove of things, what, what's working for you at this point? So maybe a little bit of obstacles and then what's kind of helped you overcome them. Um, Tiffany, you want to start? 
Um, I know that in the beginning we did have some challenges with dryness, so we had to, you know, get a couple different lubricants and make sure we had those on hand until that eventually did resolve, which it did, and I'm still breastfeeding, so um, it's definitely back to normal now. That was probably our biggest challenge with that, and... Um, getting creative as far as the time because yeah you do kind of get into that mindset of you know sex is at night when you're starting to wind down for the evening and that is the worst possible time for us by the end of the day I'm exhausted the baby wants to go to sleep and he wants to nurse to sleep so we started having to uh my husband and I are pretty affectionate throughout the day so we pretty much like if the baby's playing really contentedly by himself it's like hey how you doing <laughs> you know and it's, the baby's good I think we've got a few minutes you know so just getting really spontaneous that's been the biggest thing for us and I think maintaining that um playful affectionate affectionate nature all of the time so that we are ready to kind of a, a spur of the moment go there I think has helped us out tremendously that's awesome how about you Christina we were the same way it's the spontaneity is is not completely new but it's I actually asked my husband uh, on the way out I was like you know so what's changed between you know post or now and before the baby and he's like I kind of feel like a teenager it's like oh the baby's sleeping quick let's go let's go (laughs) honestly that's kind of it's kind of it's made it a little bit better it's like oh we only have quick five minutes let's go yeah that's awesome very very cool how about you Kalina um I have to agree with the whole nighttime is sex time stigma it's awful because we not only do I breastfeed but we also bed share so that doesn't really work out as well I think maybe we we accomplished that once and it was so weird the whole I'm like oh like I'm trying to like focus and I'm like the baby's just right over there and um and so we we have started to get more spontaneous and definitely just like everyone has been saying you just have to find the time and the energy too because I work and he works and during the week I mean we're lucky we sit down for dinner and then we're all exhausted and want to go to bed so it's it's just finding the time I think has been the challenge so we're working on it absolutely (laughs) MJ um any virtual panelists want to you know what not on this but I I can definitely I agree with the mamas here I mean I I think I want to have sex more but it's just the tiredness and and I think the only thing that like my husband will probably kill me for saying this but the only thing that I think of is it's not going to take very long so <laughs> I can just go and do it you know get and he'll be so happy so um and I mean I want to do it too but it's like I'm so tired and and but we definitely have tried to do like nap times during the day when he's sleeping we're like okay you know let's go and then when you know he tries to get a little more romantic with me I'm like the baby's probably gonna wake up soon so I'm sorry but we need to (laughs) (laughs) I want to do this but yeah (laughs) let's wrap it up (laughs) Emma um, what are some ways that new moms can connect with their partners when feeling like their libidos are really low or even you had mentioned for example that not every time has to end up with actual the physical act of sex so you can say penetrative Robin it's okay penetrating Yeah, I think I think one thing just to take a pause and think about is let's have some empathy for a moment. Let's imagine that we're a new dad and, you know, uh, we've got this new little baby in our homes and, you know, we want to make sure that we're loved. We want to make sure we're important. We want to make sure that, that we really matter. And previously, having sex was a way that we felt we really mattered. It was a way we connected with our partner. 
it felt special. It wasn't just about the orgasm. It was about the connection and feeling valued. And, and to lose that is really scary. Let's, you know, we're talking about a husband who's not had sex for a long time and has been asking and getting rejected. That's about loss of love. That's about loss of intimacy. That's not just about not having sex. So I think it's important to, to realize that if we're really not wanting to have sex and, you know, no one's going to be forcing anyone to have sex in this scenario, we've got to make sure that that person feels loved. So we're showing kindness. We're being close, we're touching, you know, we're writing notes, we're sharing moments, we're sending texts to them at work, we're sending emails. We're just being really kind because if we're not going to give them love in, in the way that they like to get it, let's make sure we show it in other ways as well. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to be touching and close and intimate and to say, you know what, let's come, do you mind if we just spend half an hour cuddling but not having sex? You know, let's kiss, let's pretend we're 15. But let's just, you know, stop at that end point. Just, just, you know, taking it step by step and being honest. But just remembering that for them, this is about being loved. It's not just about getting an orgasm. Does that make sense? All right. Well, thank you so, so much, Emma, and to our incredible panelists uh, for, ja for chatting about this very pertinent topic. Um, and please give a big thanks to your partners as well. Um, hopefully they will benefit a little bit from what we discussed today. <laughs> but thank you, Emma. We greatly appreciate your time. No problem. Um, and for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Emma will share some tips for discussing a mother's decreased libido with her partner. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus so here's a comment from one of our listeners her name is jean and she's from riverdale park maryland Hi, Boob Group. I just love your ongoing series about you following three new breastfeeding moms for the first year. I recently had my first baby, and I've been listening to these episodes to get an idea of what to expect in the upcoming months. It's really nice to know that I'm not the only mom out there having issues. I recommend your show to the women in my breastfeeding support group all the time. Thanks for the great resource. And thanks so much, Jean, for writing this in. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.